0: earliest memories I have of a Bible story is the story of David and Goliath. I've heard a lot of messages preached on it over the years, and i want to bring a message from this passage this morning. <clears throat> Lord willing, next Sunday, uh, I will be preaching a message that I try to preach every year around this time uh, on the Tower of the Flock, and uh, I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. And uh, the, the typical story that we've heard uh, of Christmas is uh, has been, I think, greatly misconstrued over the years. Uh, we, uh, we use this time of year to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, although His birth did not happen in the months of December, we know that, uh, but uh, it's the time of year that we've chosen to celebrate it. And... Uh, so I want to take some time next week, Lord willing, to uh, give a Bible, Bible uh, biblical presentation of uh, how the Christmas uh, day uh, transpired, all the events surrounding it, and it's amazing how uh, God just so perfectly orchestrated the birth of His own Son, and uh, it will probably be, if you've never heard me preach on the Tower of the Flock, uh, probably something that uh, will be... Uh, something you maybe have never heard it this way before from Scripture, uh, but it is in Scripture. It is biblical. And one of the things that I think uh, so, so uh, beautifully pictures, uh, the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is the uh, only begotten Son of God and that He was the Lamb uh, that was sent for the redemption of mankind. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful truth there is in Scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 17. Uh, The background here uh, is that the uh, Philistines have um, come and set their their armies in array in battle uh, against the Israelites. Now, understand this, that uh, a lot of times the way they would battle in the old days is they would meet um, on... Uh, at a valley, and they would have uh, some hillsides, and they would put one army in array on one hillside, one army in array on the other hillside, and uh, they would um, uh, usually uh, try to intimidate the other into surrender, uh, which happened uh, several times throughout uh, Scripture. We find people that were fearful because of what was happening. Gideon is a wonderful uh, story about that. And. Uh, In this particular case, uh, they had a giant. Uh, His name was Goliath of Gath. And uh, they sent him out uh, day after day to challenge the champion of the Israelite army so that the two armies would not have to fight. Uh, They were going to say, you send your champion out, we'll send ours out, and they'll battle, and whichever one wins, the loser will have to be the servant uh, of the, the, the winning side. And this went on day after day after day. David's elder brothers had been commissioned to the army apparently and were there at the site. And we'll pick up reading, uh, this kind of the background of it, so we'll pick up reading in verse number 17. Jesse is David's father, so it says in verse 17, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn, and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how the brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper, and took and went, as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight, and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the, Israel, the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, uh, Goliath by name, and the armies of the Philistines. And spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel when they saw the man, fled from him, and were sore afraid. The men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel as he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that, should, uh, that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? Take away the reproach from Israel." For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killed him. And uh, Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither uh, with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of mine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. The people answered him again after the former manner. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message this morning and use it, Father, to guide and to direct us. May we learn from the examples that are given here in this passage the way that you would desire us to live. And I pray that you would help our eyes to be opened to some of the truths that we will see here. And may we be willing, may we be yielded to the leading of your Holy Spirit. That as we see these truths, we would say, Lord, I want to follow after those. I want to make certain that my heart is yielded. And so, Father, help us to have this kind of an attitude this morning as we come to the pages of this book. And understand the truth that is taught in it. Guide and direct our thoughts, we pray. Strengthen us for the hour, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. David, as he's ridiculed by his eldest brother, and I think a lot of us can relate to that. If you've had an elder brother, uh, sometimes they tend to ridicule us; they ch- tend to uh, chide us or give us a difficult time. In my case, it was an older sister, and uh, I think they're sometimes worse than older brothers. How I many of you have an older sister? And you have an older, yes, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, but uh, it's it's interesting to me that as uh, the eldest brother of David. Uh, ridicules him and criticizes him. In verse number uh, 28, he says, Why camest thou down hither, and with whom hast thou left the few sheep in the wilderness? He says, I know thy pride, (coughs) the naughtiness of my heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. David said, What have I now done? He asked a very pointed question here. He says, Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? I've heard this uh, passage preached on before. Is there not a cause? And boy, about getting a cause. But there are a number of things that I think are found in this passage that very easily could have been the reason why David uh, was doing what he was doing here. But we'll find out that none of them were the reason he was doing what he was doing here. But I want you to notice that these things, while not bad in and of themselves, uh, in many cases were certainly not the cause that would cause David to be so committed to being faithful to God, even to the place where he was willing to go and to confront the champion of the Philistine army, to be able to have that kind of steadfastness, to have that kind of uh, courage, that kind of confidence in the Lord Jesus. And I want us to begin looking at several things that, we're obviously not the cause that David was speaking of here, and then uh, we'll take a few moments this afternoon this morning to look at what I believe the Bible tells us is the cause that David was referring to here when he spoke to his oldest brother and said, "Is there not a cause?" And I would urge us and encourage us in this today to look at what our cause is. All of us have one. It may not be the right one, but all of us have one. There is a reason why we do what we do. I'm thankful that I am saved today and on my way to heaven. I rejoice in that every day, that God has saved my soul. And He's given me the opportunity uh, to live after I have been saved uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I believe, is to bring honor and glory to Him. And I think that is first and foremost. But secondly, that I can also be a testimony and a witness to those that need to hear the gospel. And so God leaves us here and He gives us the great privilege to be involved in His work. But what is our cause? What is it that causes us to work day by day? What is it that causes us to be motivated (coughs) to be pleasing to the Lord, to be a testimony for the Lord? There are certain things that people hold to often as their cause. And they are they are uh, frail at best and oftentimes lead to us failing in doing what God has left us here to do. And that is to glorify Him with our lives and to be a bold witness to those that have never heard. I want us to look at a couple of things that uh, that are very commendable of David. Uh, as we get to verse number 17 of this chapter, uh, the Bible tells us that Jesse, which is, is David's father comes to David, and he tells David, he says, Take now for thy brethren uh, an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their, uh, their thousand. And look how the brethren fare, and take their pledge. And I want you to notice in verse number 20 what David does. The Bible says, And David rose up early in the morning. Well I like that, don't you. Uh, he didn't dilly-dally around. When his dad told him to do something, he said, yes, sir, he did it. And I think this is highly commendable, speaks highly of David's character. The fact that he was obedient to his father. And by the way, can I say this? We ought to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we ought to be obedient to His Word. But the obedience to his father was not the cause that he was referring to. This was not what caused him to make the decision to fight the battle with Goliath. The Bible tells us here, verse number 20, that he rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went, and I want you to notice this phrase, and I'm glad God put it in there under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as Jesse had commanded him. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful truth here. That David was obedient. And by the way, I'll say this. That the obedience to his father, while it was not the cause, I believe very strongly, was an outpouring in a fruit that was born out of the cause that David had. Keep that in mind as we go on down. The Bible says this in verse number 20, that he left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. Uh I, I am certain David being a young man, uh really uh thought this this is this is I want to go down there and be the cheerleader for these guys. I want to I I'm excited about this thing. I I remember as a kid growing up, I I used to watch cowboy and Indians and and uh, always wanted to be the hero, you know. Uh, I watched uh, the uh, uh, military things, and I enjoyed watching uh, the battles. There was, a, there was an excitement to that and the hero uh, aspect of things. Uh, just down the end of our street, there were uh, some recruiter stations. And I remember as a young boy uh, going down to the recruiter station uh, uh, every Saturday, and they'd give us little stickers and, and little pencils and things that they'd give away for promotion. And I remember putting him on my tree house, my tree fort, and we'd play army. And, and uh, there was an excitement, there was a zeal, something that was uh, appealing. And uh, maybe some of you ladies here today may not have the, 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 the ability to understand that concept, but some of you that are men here, you know what it's like for us as young men sometimes to, to really, boy, that just that stirs the blood, doesn't it? Kind of encourages us, and there's a desire there. But can I tell you this, just because David was excited for the battle, just because it stirred something up inside of him uh that was uh, of his own flesh it was not the cause that led him to go and fight face Goliath uh that we find that he was obedient yes and that's commendable we find that he was uh, he was a, a true red-blooded boy and and a man that uh was excited about the battle but that was not his cause and by the way uh, we ought to be obedient to the things of the lord Can I say this? We ought to be excited about the work of the Lord. But once again, I don't know that those are the causes. But I believe that they are the fruit of having the right cause. Let's see something else here. In verse number 28, he goes and he meets with Eliab in verse 28. The Bible says, Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake. Unto the men, and Eliab's uh, anger was kindled against David, Uh, and he came. uh, He said, "Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left the few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy notice this. I know thy what? Thy pride." And the naughtiness of mine heart, for thou art come down, that thou mightest see the battle. And I have said, uh, David, I, I, I think you know, you're down here for uh, false pretenses. You've come down here because you're excited about the battle, and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're not being obedient. And, and <coughs> the Bible says that David, in verse number 30, after his brother had done this, that he turned from him toward another and spake, notice this phrase, after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. David was a man who was consistent in his life. The Bible tells us, and Paul told the Corinthians, he says to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, and it is commendable to be steadfast, to be consistent, In his stand. And David was not to be swayed. He was a man of character. He was a man who was obedient. He was a man who had a great zeal to do what was right. He was also a young man who believed in his consistency. And can I say this? There are times, if we are not careful, that we are consistent in our Christian life simply because we want people to know that we're consistent. And for the sake of consistency in it alone, we oftentimes try to hold to these things. And can I tell you this? It's a commendable thing that David was consistent and steadfast in his testimony. But it was the fact that he was a consistent young man and one who was not to be swayed easily and one that was not to be uh, changed in his opinion easily was not his cause. It was not that that motivated him to stand and to go against Goliath. Although I do believe that it is the fruit of having a right cause. So he's been obedient to his Father. He's had a great zeal to accomplish something here. He's been uh, consistent in his vision and in his, in his stand of, uh, of, of things with regards to the things of the Lord. Now look in verse number 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to stand... Able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. When he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. and The uncircumcised and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. If you know the story, two different times while David was keeping sheep. uh, Once a lion and once a bear came to try to get the sheep. And in uh, one of the cases, actually had the sheep, I believe. And David goes, and the Bible says he caught him by the beard. I'll be real frank with you. Uh, I'm scared to get around a cat. I'm allergic to him. Uh, could you imagine going up to a lion and if obviously it was a male lion it had some kind of a mane because it says it caught him, he caught him by the beard. I don't want my hand anywhere near a lion's beard. But David goes up and he's a, a, a young man of valiant courage. Probably extraordinarily so. Uh, just brave as brave could be. And, and he, he goes up and he barehanded fights the lion and kills him. He barehanded fights the bear and kills him. God protected him, but his great courage, his valor, in the face of danger, while commendable, was not the cause. He didn't didn't glorify himself to his brother and say, Brother, I'm a man of great courage. I'm not going to back down from this. That wasn't what he said. He said, Is there not a cause? And while I believe that the courage... It's commendable in and of itself. It's not the cause, but I believe it was the fruit of having the right cause. And then I want you to notice as we get down to verse number uh, 41, the Bible says, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare his shield went before him. And when the Philistine took uh, looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth, and ruddy, and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword, and with the spear, and with the shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. David was a man of boldness. He was a man who, who in the face of, of, of Goliath, said it pretty much like it was, didn't he? He said, listen, Goliath, you may think you're coming after me, but the truth is, I'm coming after you. And I'm coming after you because you've defied my God. He's a young man of great boldness, exceptional boldness. And while boldness is a commendable thing, it is not the cause that he was speaking of here, but I believe a fruit of having the right cause. I would encourage us in this today that, If we can get a hold of the right cause, that we will be obedient. That we will come to a place of having the desire and the zeal to do something for the Lord. I believe if we can get a hold of having a right cause, we will have consistency in the Christian life. And can I say this just as a side note? We are in need in the world today that we live in for Christians to be consistent in the scriptures, we find that people all over the map in the arena of Christianity. If we have the right cause, we'll have courage and valor. If we have the right cause, we will have the right boldness. But we must have the right cause. And while all of these things are commendable, I don't think that they are what we strive for in and of themselves. I think if we were to strive for the right cause, that these would have no other effect than to fulfill themselves as fruit of that cause. So what is the cause that David spoke of in verse 29? What is it that he looked to and said to his oldest brother, is there not a cause? Let's see if the Bible will tell us here. In verse 45, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. Now I want you to notice what he's going to do. He says, And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day, and to the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth. I'm going to stop for a moment here. He's telling Goliath what he's going to do. And I want to show you this, that the cause that he had was not so that he could pride himself on defeating Goliath. So he could be lifted up on the shoulders of the army of the Israelites or by Saul and paraded through the town saying, boy, David, isn't he great? Can I say this? That far too often in the world of Christianity, those those that are serving the Lord are looking for the accolades and the approval of men. And their cause and their purpose of serving is simply to get the praise of men. David was not doing this. He tells Goliath up front what he's going to do to him, and he's not doing it for the sake of vainglory or to be lifted up as a hero. Look what the Bible says here. He says, "...I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day..." Unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth. And here, here is the cause, and it ought to be the cause of every single one of us here today, that all the earth
1: may know
0: that there is a God in Israel, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and the spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Can I tell you this? Obedience is commendable and is great, and we ought to obey. Excitement and zeal for the Lord is commendable, and is something that every Christian, I think, ought to have when it comes to serving God. Being consistent and living a consistent holy life, I believe, is very commendable. Something to be sought after by every Christian having great courage and valor, having great boldness to speak. Very commendable. Can I tell you this, that none of those will hold up if we don't have the right cause. If my cause is to get people that agree, people that are like-minded, to pat me on the back and say, boy, you did a great job there. That's not a good enough cause. If my cause is to be concerned about what other Christians might think of me if I don't do these things, can I tell you, that's not the right cause. There needs to be a cause that you and I get a hold of. And it ought to be the cause that helps us to fulfill our purpose on this earth. To bring glory to Him first and foremost. And to show to a lost world the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I tell you that this cause that David had fulfills both of those? That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That all the earth may know and that all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with the sword and the spear. For the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. The faith that David expressed... You and I live in a time where our world needs to know about God. I was, I was telling some folks here a while back, it's amazing as I've grown up, and, and I grew up in a pastor's home, and I remember as a young person, people that uh, didn't, didn't come to church, they didn't live for the Lord, they, they, they really didn't, didn't know much about Scripture, but I would watch as they would oftentimes talk with my dad. And it was amazing how they would sometimes say something and then get embarrassed about the fact because they they just didn't know how to speak around my dad sometimes. Or they didn't know a Bible, a principle, or truth. And it used to be, as I was growing up, that there were a lot of people in the world who just did not know the things of God. But can I tell you today, there are so many people today that do know but they have just chosen to reject it, and our world is starving. And it, as we look to the what I believe are the end times, the, the times where we're looking for the the rapture of the Lord Jesus Christ at any moment. That there is more and more. If not if there's never ever been a time that's been as urgent. There's one that is urgent today. If never before there is a time today that it is imperative. It is urgent. That you and I reflect on what the cause is. That all the earth may know that there is a God. All the earth may know. And that He does not save with a sword and a spear. I think we need to be sharing the Gospel message everywhere we go. We need to be glorifying Him everywhere we go. We need to once again be that city that is set on a hill. We need to once again be the salt that has not lost its savor. We need to once again be the candle that is put upon the candlestick that brings light to the house. Because we are living in a day where people are starving for the truth of God's Word. And I believe that we so often pride ourselves in our obedience, maybe in our zeal, maybe in our courage and our valor, Maybe in our boldness to speak. But what is our purpose? Are we doing it so that someone will think highly of us? Or worse yet, are we doing it so someone won't think poorly of us? Or are we doing it that all the earth may know that there is a God? When I tell somebody the Gospel story, I want them to know that Jesus Christ came to die not just for the sins of man, but He came to die for their sins. When we get an opportunity to hand a track out, I don't want people just to know that there's a God out there somewhere. I want them to know that there's a God who looks down and loves them. I want all the earth to know. David... He was ridiculed. He was accused falsely of being prideful and naughty by his brother. But he did not let it stop him. And his answer was, yes, they're not a cause. Why do we do what we do? Why do we live the way that we live? Number one, to bring glory to Him. And number two, that all the earth may know that there is a God and that that God loves them. Can I encourage you, especially at this time of year, we're getting ready to roll into a brand new year. Many times people look at this time of year as a new slate, a clean slate to start a whole other year. Can I encourage us to examine our hearts and our minds and ask the question, is there not a cause? And to renew our commitment to the Lord at this time of year and say, Lord, I want to do everything I can, number one, to bring glory to You. And number two, to make sure that all the earth knows about You. And to do everything in our power. Obedient? Yes. Full of zeal? Yes. Full of courage and valor? Yes. Full of boldness? Yes. But those are not what motivate us. What motivates us is that all the earth may know that there is a God. Is there not a cause? Let's stand together, shall we? Father, we pray that You'll bless the preaching of Your Word. Father, a very simple message today really is. But I fear so often we focus on the minor things and we miss the major thing. We miss the heart of the issue. We try to live the way that You want us to for so many reasons except the right one. Maybe we're worried what others will think of us that are friends of ours. Maybe we're worried of losing friends or being ridiculed if we don't. Father, may we do it because we want everyone in this world to know who You are. And we can lift You up. We can bring glory to You. We can point men to You. Lord, in the midst of this wicked, wicked army that was there to destroy Israel, David, his only thought was that all of them would know that there is a God in Israel. Lord, we're looking at a world that is dark, is full of wickedness. It's full of men's hearts that have rejected Your truth. And if we're not careful, we'll become frustrated. We will quit and throw our hands up in despair. Lord, may we once again grab a hold of the right cause. We can show to all the world that there is a God. That You love them. That You came to seek and to save them. Bless the invitation and Lord, speak to hearts. May we at this time of year rededicate, reconsecrate ourselves once again to the work that You've given us to do and to hold to the cause. In Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. Amen. Ted's bowed, and eyes closed for just a few moments. We'll have an invitation. If God has spoken to your heart, perhaps you'd come. The assembly will just play through a song or two. Do we have a cause today? Are we are we serving out of